You had 40 weeks to prepare for the arrival of your new baby, and now you only have a couple of weeks left. Where did all that time go? Don't worry, you wouldn't be the only one who ever left something to the last minute. In this episode, we give you a quickfire list of 10 things to do in the final weeks of your pregnancy. If you have a little bit of time left and don't know where to start, have a listen and we'll walk you through it. If you tick off everything on this list, that's pretty impressive and we think you are just about ready. So here we go. You're listening to the How to Mum 101 podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Karen. And I'm Felicity. Okay, well, let's crack into it. So on the top of the list, number one is getting those hospital bags packed. We have had a previous podcast episode around this one. So if you need some more detail in terms of what to pack, go back and check out that episode. We've also got a downloadable on our website. But basically, you just need to get this packed. You know, if you're in the last stage of your pregnancy and you don't have this packed, you do not want to risk going into labour and not having your creature comforts there for you. Definitely. Number two is to prepare your paperwork. So this could be anything from, do you need to do some hospital admission forms? Do you have to book any last minute appointments? Are there some Centrelink forms perhaps that you need to get in or anything to do with your insurance? So just make sure any of that last minute paperwork relating to the baby or even if it's getting some bills paid in advance, anything like that, administrative stuff, get it out of the way so that you don't have to worry about it when you're in labor. It's a really good point actually. I remember my hospital admission forms were sent through to me and there's a fair bit there and you've got to gather bits and pieces of information for you for you and your partner um, from different avenues of your life. So I actually learned a bit as well when I did that one Yeah. about um, the vitamin K and things like that. Oh, uh, yeah, um, all the options that you have. Yeah. Good so, to have a think about those beforehand as well and do a bit of research. Definitely, mm-hmm. yep. Okay, cool. So um, the third thing on our list was actually just finalising anything to do with your maternity leave. So if you are um, in the workforce, um, it's making sure that you've done your handover with your employer, you're prepared for finishing up at work, if you've had that sort of final meeting with your boss, you've confirmed what date you might be returning to work and doing any of those handovers. Also, in terms of your budget as well, you know, making sure you know how much money you're getting from your employer. If you are fortunate enough to have paid parental leave, you know, that it's a really good time to sit down and work out your finances and so that you know how much time you're going to have off work and how much money Um, it might take to actually get through those first couple of weeks, months, potentially a year if you're lucky enough, um, and just having that all done. Yeah, that's a good one to think about. Number four on the list is installing the car seat. You will not be able to get your baby back to your house unless you have installed your car seat. Uh, And it's not not as simple as buckling a seatbelt. So it's something that you can uh, go down to Baby Bunting or your automobile association and ask them to do for you. There might be a fee involved, uh, but they do come with instructions as well. And uh, if you're a DIY type gal like myself, you just do it yourself when you're 40 40 weeks pregnant. And if you're like me, you have no idea. Still to this day, I have never installed or taken. I've never put a car seat. Really? Yep. Two children at two and four years old, and I've never installed a car seat or taken one out, and I wouldn't have the faintest idea how to do it. So, yeah, it's definitely something that if you're like me, you want to go and get someone to help you or make sure your hubby... um, Hopefully your hubby's not as useless as I am, and they can do it for you. It's kind of a good point, though, because if you do go down and get pay somebody else to do it for you, uh, then... You don't necessarily know how to do it and it is some it's not just a set and forget like you may need to 
you know, if you're going on holiday and you're going in a different car or whatever, you may need to uh, know how to do that. So it's, it is worthwhile reading the instructions, at least somebody in the family getting to do that. The other one that sort of goes along with that is kind of testing out some of your other gear. So you might have bought a pram and if the pram came in a box, then good idea to get that baby out and do whatever building you can of it and also just make sure you understand how to flip it up and fold it down and does it fit in the car boot and all that kind of stuff Um, because you don't want to be uh, trying to figure that out at the last minute and the other one that goes along with that is if you've got a baby carrier those things can be a little bit complicated doesn't matter what type it is uh, but it is really good to know how to use those things before baby came along I remember when my first baby was Four weeks old I had an emergency situation when I was home alone and I had to um, strap her into the car seat on my own which I'd never done before even when she was four weeks really? old and not on my own and I had to it was a, an emergency with my dog so once I got to the vet I had to handle two dogs and strap the four-week-old baby into the baby carrier because I didn't have any hands oh my goodness um, <laughs> and it was like my first day home alone <laughs> A baby's only four weeks old, first time using the carrier. So good idea to know how to use those things in advance. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think I've shared with you, my um, my first pram or my single pram was a bugaboo um, chameleon and that comes apart in two parts. And I've also got a converter for the capsule that I had, which was a different brand. Wow. So there was a converter that sat on top of the pram that the capsule clicked into. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've done it a hundred times... Not a problem at all, but I definitely remember having a bit of a meltdown in a car park at uh, a shopping centre <laughs> because I couldn't work out where the click, you know, where it was oh, to yeah. click it to get it off. Um, and, you know, and the baby's screaming and you can just feel your heart raising. So There's yeah. so many little levers and buttons and things on the pram that it is definitely hard to know which one does what. So good yeah. to familiarise yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, okay, so number five on the list is is a bit more of a health one. So it's around vaccines. So, you know, you will have obviously constant contact with your GP or your obstetrician or midwife or whoever is helping you throughout the pregnancy. But there are some decisions that, you know, you've kind of got to come to make with your partner. So one of those things is um, whooping cough. So you will have a whooping cough vaccination yourself as the mother um, to, um, I can't remember, I think the baby does start to build up a bit of an immunity while they're in the womb. Um, And it's pretty important that you have that and your partner will have that as well. But in terms of the rest of the family, it is a bit of a, it can be a bit of a contentious one. Yes. You might find that you and your partner aren't aligned as well in this. And you might also find that you have family members that aren't willing to have these sorts of vaccines as well. So you definitely want to be talking about this and going and planning that. Some people I have known have said nobody can come to the house if they haven't had these vaccinations. So you want to have a look at whooping cough. Um, you might want to go and get a flu shot depending on what time of the year it is. Uh, and again, you know, your, your husband, your family, um, you know, grandparents are going to be close around. And anything else as well that might be um, necessary at the time depending on what's going on. Um, you know, obviously there's a bit of an outbreak at the moment with COVID-19. <laughs> um, hopefully it's not too much longer, but you never know. That might be something that might come to play as well. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, given, um, depending on when people are listening to this. So there are lots of other things to consider from a health perspective as well. And vaccines are just kind of one of those administrative tasks that can just fall to the bottom of the priority list. So just it's a good one to keep in mind because it is important. Definitely, because it's not only actually making having the decision about what you want to do, it's actually finding the vaccine because sometimes mm, they can be in short true. supply, making an appointment and getting mm. in and seeing the doctor or the, the, uh, the nurse as well. So there's a little bit more 
to that one. So number six on the list is making arrangements for some of your other babies at home, whether those be fur babies or children. So even if you've got dogs that are used to being left home alone, uh, if you're going to be away for potentially 24 hours or longer in labour, you do just want to have a bit of a think about who might go and give them some food and say hello and those kinds of things. Uh, And of course, if you've got small children, older siblings of your new baby, then you wouldn't be able to leave them at home at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably going to need someone to watch those. You, you will need somebody to watch it. And um, it's it's really a tricky one. I, I mean, I had to, for my second birth, uh, get my parents to come in from out of town because we don't have family in the city where we live, in Adelaide. And actually, I was just talking to someone else who's from India, and he said... He's, his wife is expecting to give birth in about a month. The families in India, for their first child, they all came down, but now they can't. And he actually still doesn't know what they're going to do with their older child. So it's a bit of a tricky one. That is really tricky, isn't it? I think I'm in our situation with the second one, because we had a planned caesarean and mm. I knew that I was going in at a certain time, um, you know, you can make arrangements. Mm. Um, obviously, the baby might still come early, but... If you have a plan um, where you actually are going in at a certain time, it makes it a bit easier. But for those middle-of-the-night ones, mm. you really want to be having a conversation with the next-door neighbour, your mum, your aunt, whoever it is beforehand, to say, hey, make sure your phone's not on silent, have it by your bedside and get ready for that call because um, you'd hate to be going to the hospital by yourself because you, your heart, husband or your partner has to stay home with the baby yeah. or the, you know, the little child at home, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Okay, next on the list, this is, um, I guess, you know, the old-school term is the baby moon. And it doesn't have to be anything extravagant, but it's really just that one-on-one time um, with you and your partner before the baby comes. And it, it could mean something different depending on who you are and your circumstances and whether you already have small children as well. But it's that one-on-one time. It might just be dinner in your favourite restaurant. It might be going to the movies, which sounds quite mundane and sort of pedestrian. But I can tell you right now, uh, my daughter's four and I've been to the movies twice since she was born. Once was to see Peppa Pig and once <laughs> to see Frozen. So your choice of movies. And I haven't been at all. You haven't been at all. In four years, yeah. And my husband and I used to love going to the movies, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Gold Class. And, you know, that was a real, like, really good date night for us to go and see a good movie and have a nice meal at the cinema. So, you know, it could be something as simple as that. You're not going to go see a movie again for a long time. Yeah. It might be dinner in your favourite restaurant. It might just be a walk along the beach. You might have a holiday house. You might be lucky enough to be able to travel. But whatever it is, just try and spend some time and, and actually prioritise that one-on-one time before the baby comes. Definitely a good idea. Take the chance while you can. Number eight on the list is some chores around the house. So getting baby's clothes washed and the linen all sorted out. Uh, Again, not something that you want to be dealing with when you've got a brand new baby at home. So just get all your washing done ahead of time. And I don't know about you, but it's with both of my kids, like getting all that washing out on the line and seeing all those teeny tiny little socks. It's so cute. If you're not clucky, that is the one thing that's really going to make you your ovaries start to really ache for this baby, because <laughs> uh, it's just absolutely adorable. So it's it sounds like a, a you know washing is a bit of a mundane chore, but it's actually a really nice wash. 
Yeah, the other thing is that those clothes, when you look at them before you have your baby, they seem teeny tiny, so small. And then when your baby's actually born, often they're just, they're swimming in those things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they're actually even smaller and you just can't believe, but they grow so quickly. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely. And you want to, yeah, you want to have it all washed and ready and all the tags off and everything folded away. So you know where it all is for when baby comes. Okay. Number nine on the list. One of my personal favorites, cause I love food. Um, and this is actually your batch cooking and freezing some meals in preparation. You just can't underestimate as well, like how quickly the days go and how challenging it is even just to get to the supermarket to buy groceries sometimes, particularly if you're husband or your partner hasn't got much time off work and you know they're racing home to get home and help you being able to just pull out some bolognese sauce from the freezer some tuna pasta or chicken pie some pumpkin soup whatever it might be um, you probably won't ever want to eat those meals again um, because you'll <laughs> eat pumpkin soup five nights uh, in a row but yeah having a nice home-cooked meal that's easy and ready yeah. to just grab it really is a lifesaver yeah amazing to pull one of those out and just be done with it totally the other thing you can do that i've heard a few people do is just sign up to like a light and easy just the frozen dinners or uh you foods or something like that just to have some stuff stashed away that you can just go and grab and don't have to put in the effort beforehand yeah. either absolutely that's another great idea for sure and the last one we've got here, number 10, is self-care. So this is something that is very hard to prioritize when you're a mum and you might be taking taking it for granted as you go through your pregnancy, but really take a chance to go and get a massage, get a manicure, a pedicure, uh, get your hair done, all that stuff, because you might not get a chance to do it anytime soon. <laughs> and it is, it just is that last step to just pumping you up a little bit because the tank might get a little bit empty in a few months' time and it's good to have something in there. Absolutely. And also, you just don't know when you're going to be able to get back to the hairdresser. So you want to have, you know, if you, you want to have your roots done, you want to get that last wax in, whatever it might be. You want to be feeling as good about yourself as possible. The other one, I guess, that goes with that just before we, we end off, like, is, is while you're looking pretty, something else you might want to do is book in a photo shoot. It is so nice to have some beautiful pictures of yourself heavily pregnant with your partner or uh, any siblings of the baby they really are a special keepsake so book that in as well as some uh, a newborn photo shoot if that's your kind of thing you really will look back on them quite fondly um, and certainly a lot of those photographers will do like a newborn and maternity package as well yeah so when you're booking and if you do decide that you want to do a maternity package ask them about their newborn photo shoots another thing that uh, a lot of photographers do now is actually come into the hospital to do the actual capture the actual birth yes um which is just absolutely phenomenal probably not at the moment with the covid stuff but <laughs> again yes damn covid but some of those images those photographers that can actually come it's incredible. in incredible uh, is just absolutely phenomenal so you might want to actually discuss that as well if that's your sort of thing good idea there you have it 10 things to help you get ready for bub's arrival in our previous episode, we spoke about packing those hospital bags, which was number one on our list today. You might want to go back and have a listen to that one if you haven't done that yet. And if you want the downloadable, we'll put a link in the notes for that. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and you're on Instagram, we would love to hear from you in our DMs over there. Just let us know about how you're going with your pregnancy or your newborn and anything else you might like us to talk about on the podcast. Our handle over there is van.row. Thanks for listening today and we'll catch you next time.